Um, nobody wants to watch us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys watch movies like I might. Oh, yeah. So we are at the Roundabout Diner. Is diner, the, yeah. In, in diner. Portsmouth, New Hampshire, right at the Portsmouth Traffic Circle. For years, this was uh, uh, Howard Johnson's. In fact, this was the third to last Howard Johnson's in the world. What was the, is the one in Bangor the last one? It's closed now. Yeah, there are no Howard Johnson's. But was that the last one? That was the last one, yeah. You know that was like a drag club forever? Mm -hmm. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was independently owned, like, the the Howard Johnson's company didn't exist anymore. But But they still went by Hojo. Yeah, Yeah. and they kept the same menu, but then they added some of their own stuff. It was like the last couple blockbusters that are in Alaska. It's not the Blockbuster Corporation, and it's funny, the... Those are closed. There's still two. There's still two. And it's funny because even though they're in the same state, they're completely independently owned. I thought I just read something that they were closed because the one in Oregon was like the last one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Alaska ones, because they had, there was an Australian one. And yeah. they were like, like whatever they, what do they call them, sister towns or whatever. Right. So they were. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were like compatriots and then the Australian one closed and they're like the last one. But There's, they're not owned by Blockbuster. Right. There's yeah. two, two of my co-workers at, uh, at the, at the grocery store that I work at, uh, which I didn't even care about it for a while, but then I found out like I actually, like, they're not looking for it, but like if I mention them, like if I say anything that is not along the lines with Exchanger Joseph's uh, uh, <laughs> ideals, I yeah. can actually get in big trouble for that. So, oh, okay. like, yeah, don't mention it. So, I was like, okay, I won't going forward because I did it a lot on the other oh, podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. um, but two of my co workers from there are both from Bend, Oregon. Oh, really? Um, the Alaska one makes made more sense to me only because there's whole parts of Alaska where, like, you can't get internet and whatnot. Yeah, and, and then like, they trade. Like the trade of VHS tapes is still a thing. Up sure, there. yeah, yeah. So it completely makes sense. Yeah. So this is um, this is a unique one for us. Yeah, because we we actually we are going to talk about. First of all, we're talking about two movies. Yeah. But they're both movies that we saw, but we didn't see them together, and we saw them in reverse order. So I saw Spider-Man: Far From Home first, yeah. and then Mid Midsommar. <laughs> Uh, you can call it summer, but well, it's. I mean, I only I felt good because, and granted, it was the dumb American character in it, but he referred to it as Midsummer. Did so. he? Yeah. Um, I think we should start talk about Spider Man first. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking yeah. that because I was like, there's going to be more people interested in that. Um, yeah, and they can s- tune out. Yeah, you saw that uh, last night, and yep. I saw that on Tuesday. Uh, I saw it at like ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, because. It was the first time, I mentioned this to you and Greg, it was the first time I saw a midnight showing Monday night for it. Right. Well, I saw a screening for it. Right. And then... Yeah, I, in I, a while. Yeah. I, the last one I remember I personally saw was, like, Dark Knight, but that's because it stopped after Dark Knight. It's st- after the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, because of the, the Colorado shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't do midnight showings anymore. I, I, it's really tough for me to do like even a nine o'clock show that gets out at 11 like staying awake for yeah. it i don't know how i got through last night because it started at 10 25 like i Ooh. literally i walked out of the theater at Level 103 one. yeah. um the i and i looked and i was like i'm the only person i'm the only car in the parking lot like it was literally like all the staff had gone home except for the guy who was cleaning the theater because yeah. he came in in the last 20 minutes to of the check. movie and no he just sat in the front <laughs> oh. and watched the movie because i was like you watched the last 20 minutes? Yeah. 
I was like, what is this dude? And then I was like, oh. So I didn't stay for the credits. I mean, I wasn't expecting an end credit sequence or anything. I didn't stay for it either, but I don't but, think it uh, would have been one. I'm amazed. And, and not to jump into that movie or anything, but like, because that's a two and a half hour movie and it feels like four hours. Like, See, to me, it felt like an hour and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and that was that's not a complaint by me. But yeah. Anyway, but go, yeah, going back to Spider-Man, I was... Uh, I was happy to. See. I mean, I saw it on Tuesday, so I saw it for five dollars. Like, was, yeah, you know, which I wasn't sure, but I knew since I wasn't Disney that it probably would be fine. But I didn't know if they were going to pull like, oh, oh it's, it's a holiday. It's yeah. Disney. yeah, yeah, they're um, pretty good about not doing that. Yeah. I mean, Tuesday isn't really a holiday. What's funny is I ended up seeing it for Fourth of July. Yeah, but it was five bucks because I saw it at AMC in Londonderry, right. which none of their tickets are over like seven dollars right. uh, because they're AMC Classic. Um, so their prices are always cheap. Yeah. The and yeah, just to just to say this now. So if you're listening and you're worried, we're not going to spoil it. I mean, there's not really much to actually spoil in Spider-Man. Yeah, in Spider-Man, the only yeah. thing that I would say, and like, I feel like with a Marvel movie, it doesn't even really need to be said at this point. But yeah, stay for the end end credit. Thing. Yeah, there's mid credits and then final yeah, credits. Yeah, which um, and some people might not necessarily think just because yeah. Endgame didn't have one. I mean, they had kind of, kind they of had sort a sound. Of, yeah. yeah. But, um, apparently with the re-release, there is something now. Yeah. But I don't know when the re-releases actually happen. And it's so funny cause they're calling it a re-release. It hasn't left the theater. Yeah. Like, um, but I'm waiting for like a definitive. Yes. Now the one that's out there has it because I don't want to sit through it for three hours again, unless I'm going <laughs> to get to see it. Cause I don't want to, yeah. um, and they're, so for those of you, listening and not sure what we're talking about Avengers Endgame is currently the second highest grossing film of all time it's behind Avatar so they're re-releasing it with additional footage at the end yeah um, and I don't I, I, I don't think it's a gag reel but I think it's behind the scenes type of stuff um, I guess it's significant I guess it's really? like 10 minutes long hmm. uh, but and that's to give them the last push because they're currently I think it's 24 million more There's, they need to the, isn't DVD sales part of that also nope Nope. So it's not? Yeah, they don't oh, okay. count that. Um, and, you know, because Greg originally was saying, oh, I feel like that's cheating. But then I told him, I said, they did it with Avatar. That's how Avatar got their last $45 million. But uh, they also, they've released Avatar one, a couple times after it came out. They have. Same thing with Titanic, because yeah. that's why Titanic yeah. is so high up there. Yeah. And the thing with Avatar, too, that... I know they say with inflation, but Avatar was the first 3D movie. So that was one of the... Right. Well... I think it was one of the first times that they could upcharge right. for the 3D. Well, the Avatar being the highest grossing film of all time is actually uninflate, unadjusted for inflation. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I think adjusted for inflation, I think Gone with the Wind is still number one. Um, I still don't get that, but... Yeah, but also, when it came out, which was like, was it, what, 1947 or something like yeah. that? It was one of the very first event movies. And Where it, everybody saw it. But also, it literally stayed in the theater for 19 months. Oh, so geez. it's and it's counting its entire theatrical run. Cause and then back then, they didn't actually have show times. You basically just showed up. Right. Wherever it was playing, you'd either wait or you'd walk in and... Sit down. Sit down and wait yeah. for it to go through. Yeah. So yeah. I don't even know how they would sell that. Yeah. Like that. And it's crazy because I forget what it is, but like... It's it's gross. It is like it's like forty million dollars, but like adjusted 
it's like I'm not gonna bother looking it up, but it's yeah. it's like a ridiculous thing because it was. I think its production cost was like two two million at the time, which at the time they're like. I think it was the first movie that cost over a million dollars to make at the time. It makes sense. I mean, I it's funny because. And how long is it? Is it three? It's I. I think if you started watching it. Like right now, <laughs> it'd be over by Monday. Okay, uh, yeah, that's that seems about right. It's that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's just <laughs> under four hours long. It's weird because it really feels like two movies like mashed together. Yeah, I the one time I saw it in the theater, I had already seen it on home video or not on home video. It was I'd seen it on TV, but they split it up across two days. Oh, so that makes like, sense. Yeah, you know, they do like two two and a half hours and then two and a half hours with commercials and. Uh, it played at the Ioka in Exeter, and a bunch of us, a group of us went. They did a midnight showing. Was it downstairs or was it in the main? No, it was in the big one. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And so around the two and a half hour mark, I was like, "It seems like it's wrapping up." I thought this movie was longer than that, and I was like, "Oh no, they had an intermission." Yeah, and then and it was a half an hour intermission, which is too long of an intermission. Like it should be like 10, 15 minutes yeah. at most. Uh, they literally did a half an hour. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you did you ever see the movie Jeremiah Johnson, the Robert the Redford. Robert Redford one where he has a beard? Yeah, um, I think I have, but it not in like twenty years. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and then I got it on Netflix, and this was back when I was still getting the DVDs. Yeah, and was it two discs? No, it's one disc. Oh. It's it's not super super long. It's like two hours and twenty minutes, but it ha- has the intermission in it on the DVD and it's 10 minutes long and it's just a static shot with music over it and I'm like why would you put this on the DVD that is weird that they put it on the DVD because I, I know um... and it's at the beginning of a chapter stop so like it because I tried to <laughs> skip I was like maybe I can just skip over it and no you skip over so I had to go back and then and fast forward it. It. Yeah. yeah it was just it was What's so dumb the, oh Grand Prix I was watching Grand Prix on AMC when, yeah. when they used to do like the older movies yeah. and they put the intermission in the actual show as well but it's just like car noise right yeah. um something just got really oh Lost Highway just got released on Blu-ray this week in, yeah, in the United that. States so I didn't buy it um I hate that movie I don't hate it's not a great movie yeah but they did the same thing with that that they did with Mulholland Drive thank you in that there's no chapter breaks and that it's all on one single track and I was like and uh does he do that for all of his stuff I think just the ones that he has control over um yeah, so you can't fast forward, like yeah. skip to a certain. I understand why he did it in Mall and Drive. Yeah, and um, that's the whole reason I wanted it too. And I was like, God damn it, David Lynch. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. I was in Bull Moose yesterday, and I saw it, and I was like, Oh, that's the first time. And I was like, I'm never watching that thing again. I had a. I bought the Canadian DVD years ago because it was never released in the United States on DVD, and then. I was just like, this is not a great movie. It's, it's sadly. Did you know that it's it's Richard Pryor's final film? Really? Yeah. That is sad. Yeah. Well, there was, there was one recently that I realized it's probably gonna. Oh, maybe Greg said it. Somebody, I forget what movie it was, but it was like, oh, it's gonna be their last film. It's like I hope to God. Uh, I forget what it was. Oh, I'm trying to think of. I think it was Robert Duvall. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, in Hostels. No, not hostels. Not hostels. Um, uh, 
was that Robert De Niro? No, it's no, Duvall. Right. Yeah, and it's in that uh, the wo- the woman heist movie that we were trying to blame. widows. Yeah, yeah, widows. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, he, he was in that Robert Downey Jr. lawyer movie too. Uh, yeah, but that was before. That was before. Yeah, yeah that um, was like a couple of years. And those are basically like the roles that he's getting now. Which, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, the the grandfather and the dad. Yeah. Wasn't uh, Gene Hackman's last movie Welcome to Mooseport? Oh, I think so. It's just like I almost feel like with actors like that, if you know you're gonna be done, yeah, find like do something, do something yeah. worthwhile, and be like, that's it. I mean, you know, Sean Connery's last movie was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but that one, that's why he retired. And I mean, I wouldn't put Sean Connery in the same class of actor as Duvall or yeah. Jane Hackman, but he's a, an actor of that age. I mean, it's basically. Uh, Jack Nicholson's pretty much retired too. Yeah, and his last movie was a weird one as well. What was his last movie? I, Thank you. it's not anger management, but it's something like something that. Like yeah, that. it's something weird where he has like a, it's barely he's barely in it. Yeah, I, I looked it up the other day because I was like, yeah, that is sad. But uh, what do you think of Spider Man? I enjoyed. It. I think it was better than the original one than Homecoming. See, I th- I liked Homecoming a lot more than this one. Yeah, I I mean I didn't dislike it, and that's the thing. Because like, a bunch of people from work, as soon as I see a movie, they're like, "Was it good?" And I was like, ah, "It was it was fine." They're like, "Oh, so you were disappointed?" I was like, "I wasn't no, disappointed. It's what I expected." I was like, <laughs> "But," and in and in all fairness, Spider Man Homecoming was the first Spider Man movie that I actually enjoyed. Like, I only like, see. I like the original Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I I. I don't like those. Yeah. Um, I don't like the third one. I like the first two. I never saw the third one. The yeah. second one, I was like, man. This is, and then I saw the first Andrew Garfield one. Didn't see the second one. Not because I I didn't dislike the Andrew Garfield one. They're but not great. Like, he got the joking part of Spidey down right. more than Tobey Maguire did. Right. Uh, but Tom Holland has it, like, has it nailed. I it, mean, he is by far the best Spider-Man yeah. he's been. And he's also the first one that I've, like, been convinced He's a high school student. I mean, even yeah. though Tom Holland is 22, he's a young-looking 22. He looks like he's 14. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I like the whole Spider-Man humor thing. Like, it's more out of nervousness than anything else, yeah. which it comes across with that, which the other two just didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, the truth be told, I've never been a huge Spider-Man fan. Um, See, I like Spider-Man better than like Superman. Yeah. yeah, I mean those. I know those are different. No, but they're yeah. they're kind of kind of the equivalent. I mean, like. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Can I get you guys anything else for a moment? I think I'm good. Okay. We're okay. okay. Yeah. Thank Enjoy. you. So our food just arrived. We just got the the classic. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. The, the 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 classic. Uh, you can put it back up here. Roundabout burger. Um. I just cut mine without a, a bun because I'm weird. <laughs> what's that? The pickle, the fried well, pickle. Yeah, that's a little weird too. But just your bunless burger. Uh, well, it's, so I had a couple burgers yesterday because it was Fourth of July, and I bought gluten free buns. Oh, it depends on what kind you get. Well, this is good ketchup. Oh, it's still got the seal on it. Yeah. Um. But uh. And it wasn't even that I wanted a bun per se, but it was a cookout. I was going to be holding it, so I was yeah. like, "I need something." And they just—it tastes like I'm eating a sofa cushion. Yeah, you have to get like the right ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the expert on those, but I've definitely tried some of them. Yeah, 
and yeah, some of them are. It's like styrofoam. But I'm actually going to do a little cheat tonight too. I'm going to have some ice cream at Lagos later. So uh, that's funny because I was thinking about getting a frat on the way. Nice too. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you going that way on your way home? No, I don't go that way. From here, I'll just go straight down 90, 95. I got gotcha. you. I mean, if I was going to go anywhere, I'd go to the ice house to get um, get a frat. Right. Um, all right. So let's take a take a bite into the burger and get that out of the way. Uh, not 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 that we're getting the bite out of the way, but so we can talk about the burger yeah. and get back to the movies. So I'll admit, when it first came out, yeah. I was a little skeptical. But that is a tasty burger. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we both got a medium rare. They cooked it the proper way. Mm-hmm. Um, right amount of pink juicy enough I mean it is juicy I mean I just saw Bob take a bite out of it and juice got all over his plate uh, you know I'm cutting mine because I don't have a bun so yeah it's definitely juicy and you can tell like that patty is seasoned yeah 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 pretty good burger um, the fries are decent as well he, we're waiting on his waffle fries but I just got the traditional ones and I'm gonna eat the this is the deep fried pickle. Yeah, the, the, this is weird. Yours are separated. Mine's like yeah, you've just got a giant one. mass of pickle. It's funny because I was on the fence if I was gonna do ice cream, like do a cheat thing, and then I was like, well, there's a deep fried pickle, which I forgot to tell her not to do it. So I was like, I'm gonna eat it. So I'm already <laughs> cheating. So it's the weekend. It's yeah. all right. Well, I was gonna. So I, I, you went hiking and you took a walk today. So. Well, I had recently on the third, I hit another like mile marker for myself. So yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get ice. I I live four doors down from one of the best ice cream places on the seacoast. Yeah, one of the top five. Yeah, yep. but I was I was I was in a bad mood. Like I was I was kind of down Wednesday night and then Thursday morning, and I was like, well, I don't want to. You don't want to, like, even though I had already like decided I was gonna get ice cream from there. I was like, I don't want to get use food to make myself feel right. better when yeah. I'm down. So I was like, but I'm having a great day today. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it today. There you go. It's fine. I haven't had ice cream. You don't want to medicate yourself with food, right? Because yeah. I've done that pretty much my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, but um, like I don't have the craving for it. It's like all a mental thing now. And I was like, really, it's summer. I want ice cream. Yeah. Because the last time I had it in December, I was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Um, so I don't get, like, ice cream ice cream. I always get fraps. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't crave it, but, well, I do crave it, but it's not, like, often. It's, mm-hmm. like, every once in a while, it's like, oh, I want a frap. Mm-hmm. And fraps are very, I'm very picky about my frap. Sure. And how thick it is, and if it's, like... I can tell the difference between a frap and a milkshake, even if you're we're up here and everybody says it's a frap. Right. I mean, there is definitely a distinct. The frap is thicker than a milkshake. Yeah. Right? You should not be able to take a frap and turn it upside down and have it slide out. Right. But this time of year, uh, about halfway through, it's going to be loose enough. Yeah. Oh, thank you. How is it so far? It's very Fantastic. good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, yeah, for me. I mean, this is because I was <clears throat> kind of in the shower this morning trying to rank the the Marvel, the twenty three Marvel uh, movies so far. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sit down with pen and paper to do it, but because there's only been three since the last time we did it. But uh, yeah, well, I think we did it with um, 
Infinity War. Infinity War. So there's so been Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, Endgame, and then Spider-Man. And um, Ant-Man and Wasp came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so this, it's for me, it would be a little higher than Homecoming. I just like the... I like the dynamic between, like, all his friends and... Like, the kids? Yeah. It definitely has, like, a... There's, like, a split personality thing to the movie, which I don't think is a bad thing, because it goes between, like, a, like a lighthearted teen comedy, and, like, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but because mm-hmm. it's a well-written... Like, it's very natural. They all seem like teenagers, and they're... They are really... It's, it is well-acted as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes a superhero movie. And it's the superhero movie that I was less interested in. And again, it wasn't bad, but I like the other one better. Um, yeah, I kind of saw, like, about halfway through. I, was, I mean, before halfway through. Yeah. I was like, something's... To me, everything felt a little off yeah. between halfway. And I don't know if that's because I had seen Midsommar or Midsummer right. before that. So, like, my perception of a movie was a little off. Sure. But kind of, like, halfway through, when when reveals start happening, I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. I I did appreciate the fairly substantial role that Peter Billingsley had in this movie. Yeah. It was fun. We were sitting there, and then I saw it with Mary. Mary's like, who is that guy? I'm like, shoot your eye out, kid. She's like, oh. But I remember him from the first... Um, Iron Man too, like his, like that isn't an add-on role. That's oh really? I don't, I don't remember, but that makes sense because he's friends with John Favreau in real mm-hmm. life. Because he was in, I believe he's in Elf as a cameo. Yeah, he I, he's been in, I believe every single one of John Favreau's movies. Um, really? Yeah, he's in Made. Um, Is he in Swingers? No, but John Favreau didn't direct that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he met him through Vince Vaughn because. Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley were on a bunch of uh, uh, casting calls together, and they became friends, and after a while, he's like, are you... He's like, yes, I'm that kid. Because he's like, unfortunately, as a, you know, like, 25-year-old guy at the time, he's like, I still look just like that dude. Yeah. Because he has that face where it's like... Yeah, you're like, I know that face. Um, But also for those who... So he's most famous from the Christmas story, yep. but also his mother is Barbara Billingsley. She was Mrs. Brady. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So, but he's Vince. He's he's primarily a producer now. Yeah, he he's, produces a lot of stuff. He's Vince Vaughn's production partner. Like they own a production company together. And there was some movie where he played Joey Lauren Adams' husband. Vince Vaughn was in it as well. But uh, like yep. in the last decade. Yeah, he pop- I see his name on the credits more than anything, but that makes sense. What was the movie? Oh, was- what was the movie where Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio played brothers had a touring, like Chicago tour bus company? For some reason, like Truth and Consequences popped in my mind, but that's not it. Anyway, he's in that. Yeah. I don't know if I saw that one. I, I forget what it's called. It was it was okay. Yeah. But uh, oh, I think it's the breakup. I'm pretty sure it's the breakup with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, okay. Um, that makes more sense. But uh, I don't remember Defer- Vincent being in that, but that's it's just one of those forgettable movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always liked Peter Billingsley. Um, uh, I know some of the other characters were add-ons that they like, and, and that's the thing that they do in this movie. They they kind of take you back into a few of the yeah. Marvel movies from a different angle. Yeah. 
I know the Billingsley one was originally in there. And then the Jake Gyllenhaal the other... definitely wasn't. Yeah. And then there was a couple other that they didn't really do a scene from it, but right. they mentioned them. And it, it's nice to, like, make it, to throw it back to the whole universe. Right. And I did tell some of my coworkers that it definitely, they're like, well, they didn't address this in Endgame, and this is going to be messed up. And some of the stuff that they addressed, I was like, they actually addressed it in yeah. this movie. I hate the word that you use for it, but yeah, that was kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, the first five minutes kind of explained everything. Yeah. I, I did, like, the mid-credit scene that really, like, uh, makes it interesting for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and without completely giving it away, there's an actor who plays a character that he had previously played in another non-MCU Marvel Universe, and he played the same character, but clearly a different version of the character, but not that much different. I mean, um, you really can't have much of a take on that. Right. I mean, it, that character is pretty well known for what he does. It, well, not so much what he did, but like his, I mean, it's hard to talk about it without revealing yeah. who we're talking about, but it was like, uh, and I knew that one going in. Actually, I knew both of the, the mid-credit things going in, so like... Oh, the end or, one or too. the end one. Like, I knew about that, because I was going to say it was spoiled for me, but I didn't care. It was like... Yeah. It did change how I was watching the movie, because I was like, okay. Um... I don't know. My biggest thing is... And sorry, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, this will be a minor spoiler. So if you still haven't seen Avengers Endgame and want to see it, stop listening to this. But <laughs> 15 seconds to a half to a minute. Yeah. So part of what I love about Homecoming is the rapport between Peter Parker and Tony Stark. Yeah. And Tony Stark is a much better developed character than Nick Fury is in this in, in this universe I feel so I don't think yeah because Nick Fury's just there as a plot point right almost he's like he's the one that kind of connects everybody right where Iron Man's Iron Man so you have to have like a backstory story right yeah. but also I think that's also why I don't think we'll ever see a Nick Fury movie and I mean the closest we came was Captain Marvel Captain Marvel yeah, yeah. and I don't think anyone really wants one no um uh, that's another thing that I noticed. Yeah. I think they changed his scar in this movie. They did. Yeah. Because he didn't have the scar that prominent before they did Captain... Mar- I mean, he had one, but it wasn't like that. You couldn't see, like, the... The cat marks. Yeah. Um, or this one, you clearly can. And yeah, it was interesting. Uh, so I didn't mind that. and like, But obviously, Nick Fury and Happy Hogan are no Tony Stark, so they can't... So it's not as great. Right. Uh, and the and the Jake Gyll- Gyllenhaal character, he tries to like fill in, but you can tell it's right. It's not the same kind of thing. And I love what Jake's been doing mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, this is I found a really good role for him. I mean, everybody keeps saying he's the villain. Yeah, it's not quite right, but yeah, um, I um, I mean, that character is far diff- different than it is in the comics and. Because when they announced that that's who the villain was, I was just like, ugh, okay. I don't remember him. So I didn't read a lot of Spider-Man, yeah. so I don't know a lot of the... That's the thing with Spider-Man is, like, I know some of the major villains, mm-hmm. but, like, the offshoot ones, I don't know as much. Well, and that's the biggest thing with the superheroes, too, when they do installments for the solo ones. They have to use a different villain each time. Yeah. And, I mean, one of the biggest things is that 
um, the Kingpin is a villain for a bunch of mm-hmm. basically a bunch of the New York superheroes. Yeah, and they can't touch him for two years um, because of because the of shows? Netflix. Yeah, uh, and which, if that's the case, and if they're going to completely reboot Daredevil, I. Rather have Daredevil pop back up in a Spider-Man movie than as another TV show. Yeah, I would like him to get Punisher correct eventually, but yeah. I haven't seen the TV show. Yeah. I haven't seen any of that. I, I've heard John Bernthal is great, as I I haven't seen any of it yet. Yeah, um, I want. It's one of those time things. I mean, I heard Jessica Jones is really good, but I mean, I still haven't finished the second season of Daredevil. Yeah, um, I just yeah. I almost bought a Marvel Legends two pack that had uh, I forget the character's name, but uh, Rosario Dawson plays her on Daredevil, and it was a two pack with her and Luke Cage. And I'm like, I don't need a Luke Cage figure. <laughs> and it was a GameStop, so their their yeah. stuff is always more expensive. So like, Marvel Legends are typically twenty dollars, but they charge twenty five. So a two pack instead of forty dollars, it's fifty dollars. And yeah. I was like, I can't just buy spending fifty dollars on one figure that only kind of looks like Rosario Dawson. Yep. She has. She has figures out there, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anything from. Uh, nothing from the um, Mallrat stuff. Really? No. They just released a Shannon Doherty figure a couple years ago. I knew that because I have that. For some reason, I thought there was a Clerks Two like action figure. There's like a mini, like an immovable little like figurine, but they're very like cartoony and because they did a ton of the Viewisk universe like that. But luckily for me, I don't like those (laughs) figures. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already branched out and I bought some figures from some video games line, line this year that I don't know anything about the video. I, the Minecraft stuff? or No. Um, I bought two Fortnite figures. Um, oh, that's that's what I meant, not yeah, Minecraft. I've, yeah. yeah, I've never played it, but... Um, one And they're both... You're not a tween. No, but it's more the fact that they're both homages to characters that I grew up with. And that, yeah. That, like, so one of them looks like the... Johnny. Johnny from The Karate Kid, which is funny because Netka just released a Johnny in that outfit, oh, really? action figure, which it's nice, but it's too expensive. It's $45, and I'm like, ah. and especially... Isn't the, that the, the fragile ones, too? Or is that the, a different... But NECA yeah. does do fragile ones. These ones, like, they're... Because they kind of know you. that that's Have their reputation. They're, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Really? Uh, we have alcohol shakes. <laughs> <laughs> How does she know that that's, that's my weakness? And you uh, can add CBD oil or powder to them. <laughs> powder, not oil. Right. Um, I'll get used to that. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I appreciate it, but... Um, is it, is it going to be all right if we still sit here for a oh couple God, minutes and talk? Yeah. Totally all right. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. Um, oh, can we get... I'm sorry, I forgot Separate checks. Can we get oh, yeah, separate that's checks? fine. All right. Thank you. Uh, but... Uh, oh, yeah. The, so there's a Johnny Miyagi and, and Ralph Macchio figures, yep. Daniel LaRusso figures, but they're all $45 a piece, and I'm like... For a line that small, if I were to buy the Johnny one, I you'd know have to get I would the, other, to get the two. other two, and I can't invest a hundred and thirty-five dollars in a Karate Kid line, especially because it's NECA does all their stuff in seven-inch size, yep. so it doesn't like I it doesn't much, mesh. 
I, with yeah, other stuff. I pretty much only, as far as new figures being produced now, other than Star Wars, I only collect really six-inch figures. Yeah. And, yeah, NECA stuff is seven-inch. The Marvel selects are all seven-inch. Uh, How do you have room for all this stuff still? I fucking don't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> See, that's what stopped me. It's like I just stopped... Well, I don't have room. I'm, like, because I've been selling a lot of stuff on eBay. Yeah. Like, I'm selling a bunch of, like, CDs and stuff now, particularly, like, promotional, like, weird items that I'm, like, I don't care about this. I'm, like... Somebody it, else is willing to pay for this. Even bands that I really love, I'm, like, like the other day, I, I'm, like, I had a rare Soundgarden single that's just the album version of the song and the radio edit of it, and I was just, like... That's a weird release. It's so weird, especially because I've never heard the radio edit on the radio. Um, what song is it? It's Outshined um, from Bad Motorfinger. Uh, but it's they basically cut the second verse in half. He only says two lines instead of four. Um, and like For time. Yeah, and it, so it, instead of being five minutes, the song's like four and 12 seconds or whatnot. It's still long. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was, it was the early 90s when that was like fine for rock radio. Yeah. But... Uh, I was like, eh, some of my, and, you know, I, I mean, it's still up there, but somebody's, I think I've got $7 bid on it, but I was just like... Somebody else wants it more than you. Yeah, and I've got a lot of stuff like that. I mean, I even, I've, I've, been, I've put a couple Star Wars, the Black Series things that I, because I had, like, they released Leia, Leia in the New Hope uniform, yeah. and then people were so unhappy with the head sculpt that they re-released it two months later. And you bought that. And I, well, and it looks more like her and it's funny because they re-released it a third time now that they're doing the the, the, the 20th anniversary or well, it was the 40th anniversary yeah. um uh, is how they did it originally but then they re-released it because they're doing now um, face face mapping scanning oh, okay. for the figures but I don't think it quite works for the vintage for like the, the original movies because I'm like they didn't scan them in a computer back then you're basing it off of photos yeah so it's like it looks better but it doesn't I'm like it's not worth it for $60 into this one figure but. well with, with Leia was I mean her her new face was probably scanned for the newer movies but nothing from it the, was yeah, yeah nothing from the old ones and it's weird so like they just they finally released the Natalie Portman figure from episode 2 and from one angle, it looks just like her, but straight on, it looks nothing like her. So, so you can kind of tell where they took it from a photo. and Right. Yeah. Whereas with all the new actors, like the, all the characters from the new movies, you can tell like that's just par for the course when they make those movies is like, okay, you, you have know, to sc- today you we're know, doing scanning. Yeah. You're yeah. wearing your costume. You're going to come over here and we're going to scan you for all the merchandise stuff. Yep. Ad nauseum because the Laura Dern figure looks just like Laura Dern. Yep. Um, because they were always good with, like, creatures and helmeted characters. Yeah, but you can get sculpts from those, so it's... it's right. I mean, a lot of those start as small scope right. sculpts, so you can probably get those a lot easier than yeah. people. But anyway, so... Yeah, I, I was fine with Spider-Man. It was, it was yeah. entertaining. I don't... It's... There's probably five or six of the Marvel movies at this point that I'm like, yeah, it was entertaining. I have no desire to rewatch it. I don't know if I would rewatch it, but I definitely think it's better than some. Like the Ant Man ones are good, like but I'll never see. That's kind of where I kind of see this one in. Mm-hmm. And but the same thing with Homecoming, I don't think I would 
I would rewatch Homecoming. I wonder if I bought Homecoming because I didn't buy Into the Spider Verse, and I liked Into the Spider Verse yeah. better than Homecoming. But I and it, I still think Into the Spider Verse is a better movie than this. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's interesting that there's kind of like a throwaway line that you know they tied it back into it, even though they're different different universes. Yeah, and I kind of wish that they had just said Into the Spider Verse is is part of the MCU, even though it's different. Um, but yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about where they refer to it. Um, well, I mean, they talk about multiverses in right. this movie. That's not really a spoiler because it doesn't really. Right. Yeah, and I actually. Maybe smiled. Sorry. And the character who's talking about it, he's like, I'm from this Earth. Yeah, 63. Um, which is the <laughs> same Earth that Spider Man Noir is from. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, so that kind of ties back with. Night monkey. The other, yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting with that is like a bunch of the, you know, when they show him pulling up and like looking at the different costumes that they have. Yeah. Because there's a new Spider-Man game that came out in the last year. Yeah. Most of those costumes are from that game. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Including that black stealth one, which, I mean, part of it is just like, well, they're, yeah, it's a plot point, but I think they wrote it as a plot point to sell more merchandise because they're like, how many times can you sell? the same Spider-Man yeah. so if you change his uniform it's a whole different yeah but it it does work into the like the reason they do it is because he doesn't want he doesn't want people to think that he's Spider-Man because right. if he if he's Spider-Man in that town then his whole class will kind of put it together so it more than I think it they kind of thought about it a little bit more than that yeah yeah. but I understand what you're saying it's definitely it could tie back to be like we can sell more toys this way oh yeah for <laughs> sure and it's weird because like with the Marvel Legends one and sorry I'm talking about toys if it drives you nuts uh, maybe don't listen to my podcast because I talk about toys a lot but uh they whenever they do a new line based on a movie three of the figures will be from the movie and three of them will be like only tangentially related to yeah. it and um which drives me nuts because half the time there's a build a figure that I want to get and I'm like I don't want to own this stupid character like I don't want to own Flash <laughs> well so for the second wave of the Avengers Endgame uh, there was three characters that they released that are like great although one of them I still can't find so I'm still trying to find the Captain America the Walmart exclusive Captain America uh, from Endgame which is you can't tell unless you tilt the package but Sorry, another Endgame spoiler. It's got Mjolnir hidden oh. behind the shield. Yeah. And they did that for because they weren't sure when the wave was going to hit, and they didn't want it to be a spoiler, spoiler. for the movie. Um, but it's basically... And I have, like, six Captain America figures, but this one, it's the first one that has both a masked Captain America head and a uh, Chris Evans head. Oh, because uh, Because cool. the, the one from... Um, Infinity Wars just had the Chris or the Chris Evans head. It didn't have the mast head, and, and because that, he never had the mask on, I don't think so. And it, he doesn't have his Captain America shield. He has the Wakanda shield, yeah. which is fine. I just uh, and that one was like that was the last way before they started doing the face masking. So, what's, so yeah, what's the build a figure for the? So, so the build a figure is Professor Hulk. Uh, and it actually looks like Mark Ruffalo. And yeah. it's funny because I don't really care about that character all that much. But it looked, and they even completed it. They gave him salt and pepper on the sides of his hair, and it has two heads. Awesome. So I have all but the left arm of that Hulk now. And But the last two parts, they just had him up at uh, 
up at Walmart, so I bought the figures, literally just took the part out, and then relisted the figures on on eBay because I did. I don't care about those figures. Yeah. One of them's the comic version of Loki, which I always thought Loki was a stupid character. I like Tom Hiddleston's yeah. Loki. I don't care about the comic Loki, and the other one is uh, Union Jack, which is. He's basically like the British Captain America. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's a cool enough looking figure, but I don't care about that. And it's such a nondescript. It's the basic figure just with the paint on it, and he has a gun and a knife. And I'm like, this is not worth $20 yeah. for me. So, um, so you know, even if I can even if I can get 10 bucks for it, it's cheaper than me buying the parts online. Cause, Separately. Yeah, because yeah. they're like 15 bucks a piece on eBay. But, um, yeah, I would... Uh, so what'd you rate I'd, Spider-Man? I'd give Spider-Man Far From Home a six out of ten, which sounds like it's low. It's not. It's fine. Um, yeah, considering like our middle of the road stuff is like four to five. Mm-hmm. Like this year, my average has like been four rather than five. It's been a tough year yeah. for movies. I I give it a seven because okay. I find it. I gave Homecoming a seven too, yeah. but I, I I really think it's just a little bit better. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I think I gave Homecoming an eight, and I really liked Homecoming. Yeah, but it was also that was the first Spider-Man movie that I was sold yeah. on Spider-Man, so it makes sense. Like, um, yeah, I mean, just from the way we're talking about it, that makes sense that we have the differences in that. So, um, Midsummer. Uh, it's funny <laughs> I said it like that because I actually, like I said, it felt really long to me, but it did. It didn't feel. None of it felt unnecessary. It felt right. like it was very much building atmosphere. Yeah. First of all, like, I'd say it was far more disturbing than it was scary. Um, See, I didn't even find... I didn't find it that disturbing. Really? Or scary. That's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely graphic... It's like shock graphic yeah. images. Yeah. But those... I mean, I've seen so much stuff that it's not even sure. disturbing anymore. I um, I will say, like, the makeup effects that they did, uh, particularly with the... Sacrifice? The sacrifice. Like, I was going to say midway through the movie, but it's not even midway. It's it's about an hour into the movie. Yeah. So um, this is one of the one of the first movies that I was truly engaged in this year, and probably mm-hmm. the first one since Phantom Thread. Yeah. That, you know, I, I basically time all the movies. Yeah. I didn't look at the clock once during this. Nice. So I found the like this was the most immersive I've right. seen a film in probably since Phantom Thread. It took it took its time setting up the atmosphere, which I thought was great. Cause, yeah. Because this movie's all about atmosphere. Yeah. And tension, and it worked well. Um, so it was interesting because there's like there's like a prologue to it, which I don't even realize it was that until it, the credits rolled. 14 minutes into the movie before the credits rolled. Uh, yeah, that um, makes sense. Because you start with the, uh, it's not a, it's not a uh, triptych. It's a, I don't even know what they call it, but it was a four-panel thing. Yeah. And I just want to stare at that thing for like another 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I couldn't figure out. I was like, is this foreshadowing of stuff that's going to be in the movie in the plot specific yeah. or? It was that, and I also couldn't figure out if it was reading left to right or right to left. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so I kept looking at it back Yeah, it was like forth. a tapestry. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. I think the one at the beginning was like it's a on a wood panel. Yeah, it's like a painting. Yeah. But, um, but there's a lot of those in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where one of the characters goes in to the room for about five minutes. Yeah. 
and the artwork that's on the wall had to have taken like a month to complete. Yeah. And you know you could take down every single one of those. Yeah. And it would be complete, uh, complete triptych or uh, it's a pictograph. Yeah. I guess would be the yeah. best. Yeah. It's weird because this movie took longer to film than I would have expected. Like than usually for a film of this like budget and whatnot because it took him four months to film it but I wonder how much of that was like constructing because uh, c- I don't think any of the buildings were existing structures no I bet all. they're new um, but the other thing too is like because of the the timing of it there's very little night stuff right and most of it seems like it's like bright midday right so that could have the sure. time of day that it would take to like just film that kind of stuff and also the fact that most of the movie like from about 45 minutes in on there's a lot of extras in yeah. it and it's a lot of it is choreographed movement so yeah. like that just logistically is you have to line it up every yeah. single take yeah it, I had to because I was literally the only one sitting in the theater I you know, I busted out my phone because it was driving me nuts the first 20 minutes of the movie who that girl was. And I was like, oh, she's from the Fighting With My Family movie. Yeah. Because she looked familiar, but also because she has black hair and, uh, yeah. like, facial piercings and that. So I was like, the face I was wondering familiar. if you were going to pick that yeah. up. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I recognized uh, Seth Rogen Jr. right away. Yeah. Uh, Jack Rayner. Yeah. I couldn't remember what I had seen him in before because I was like, this guy's familiar. Kim. Uh, yeah, Kin was the movie yeah. I had seen him in. But so, honestly, one of my few gripes of the movie was the color of his hair was ridiculous. Oh, it was reddish. It was like a reddish, like rust color, but yeah. it's clearly not his natural color. And I'm like, did he shoot something else before this? And because I was like, what are they going for? Because I'm like, it's I don't know if it was supposed to be a plot point that he has red hair, and that's why genetically they thought he would be an ideal match yeah um cause I was like he doesn't look like a redhead he looks like a dude who has a, a shitty bald yeah. dye job um I mean her hair looked that way too but it was I was like hers was on purpose though cause you could see part of the roots and stuff do you think it was on purpose cause I was like I think they peroxided it after the fighting with my family to get her hair back blonde yeah I don't know which one I mean I've seen her in other stuff as well like yeah. she's definitely She's like a, she's a brunette. Right. Oh, okay. She was in a TV series for a while, and she had brunette hair in there. So that's kind of, it's like, it's not the blonde. The right. blonde is definitely like not natural, but it, it looks like it's supposed to be, more natural. But right. Yeah. There's the guy who plays Mark, the character of Mark. I've seen him in a ton of stuff. Um, is that the most annoying American? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, he's in so much stuff, and he usually plays an annoying character. And like it, yeah. it was, it was more toned down than I thought they were gonna make him. But he was still like, I was like, Ugh. yep, he's the typical. What what bothers me, and I was like, well, next time I watch it, but I can't imagine watching this movie again, and not even in a bad way. It's just yeah. it's an it's investment. A, it's long, yeah. Um, the scenes early on when the guys are all together yeah. without her, there's another guy there that just doesn't go on the trip with them and I was like what? but he has like a bunch of lines and stuff I was like what? there was no explanation as to what happened with him um, I think what it was is like one of the guys was going on for for his um, for his thesis the the obnoxious American was just going to basically go to the uh, to get stone. to get laid and yeah, stone yeah. and stone 
then the other one was kind of going along for a thesis as well, and then it was the third. Right. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, you kind of realize why there were so many. Like, the number was important sure. towards the end. Sure. But yeah, there wasn't really any explanation why he just up and leaves. What was interesting to me, because they did, in my opinion, such a great job with... There's two bodies midway through the movie that like did such a convincing job with those that later in the movie when there's other bodies they look super super fake uh, and some of them like the two that had like tree branches and stuff for arms I, was yeah. like, I think that's supposed to be yeah but like when they're like carrying the bodies in the wheelbarrows and like picking them up I'm like those are clearly like scarecrows like those are not they're supposed to be one of them I thought was supposed to be but then one of them I couldn't tell if she was or not. Um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of. But, I mean, if you go back... Well, there was a couple that were in there. I'm trying to think of which one you're talking Because there's the one that he discovers in the barn, like, yeah. hanging. But which, that one's already in that building right? when he gets there. Right, and, and that one looked fine. But then, but uh, the, the female that they're carrying, like, I was like, that's clearly a dummy. And when they picked it up, Pick the body up. I was like, "There's no weight to that whatsoever," and also the the whole thing with the with the um, uh, bear cadaver. <laughs> I was like, "That looked super fake too." Uh, yeah, I mean it. It was pretty. I mean, I don't know what the inside of a bear cadaver looks like, though. But. Well, not so much the innards, but like when there's an overhead shot of it, and like oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's got the the cavity exposed, yeah. and I was like, and. The when proportions looked a little the off. The proportions yeah. were off, and then and when they put him inside, I was like, that looks so stupid. Yeah, it looks way... But it, the thing I liked about that is it completely ties back to what you think is a throw throwaway moment. Right. Like, halfway through, when they're walking through, and they're like, are we going to talk about this? And they're like, eh. Right. Well, when I saw that, I was like, that's definitely going to come to play. And based on Hereditary, which is Ari Aster's previous film, I actually thought that there was going to be a supernatural element to this, uh, which there's not. Yeah. Um, but I thought the bear was going to somehow tie into that. Um, it makes sense, though. Well, because they keep talking about it. It's like, it's not a throwaway moment, but they talk about, like, the black... The black, blackest symbol, and, or, like... Uh, I forget what the the black figure, and that's basically what the bear is. Mm-hmm. So that, that ties back to, right. like... So they have to sacrifice him so they can... The thing I couldn't figure out is if this happens every year or if it's every 90 years. Well, that's the... And I've seen write-ups that say both things. Yeah. And, like... Because I also talked about, like, the 18-year cycle for each person. Yeah. Because I was like... Because I was like, if it's every 90 years, this would make sense. But, like, none of the people in the commune seem flinch... Like, didn't flinch at all. So this was, like, seemed customary to them. And, like, they were expecting it. But it could have been something that they're taught as well. Sure. Because you don't really see any... There's some schooling, isn't there? But there's not... Yeah. yeah. I got the sense from the movie that this happens every year. Um, but just from that standpoint and a numbers thing, I was like, this community is no not sustainable that yeah. way because there's not enough people to, for this every year. So I, I think part of it is probably... They probably do like the the, the sacrifice, like the self-sacrifice stuff right. every year. 
but they don't do like the major like right. bear thing and right. everything. Yeah. Every maybe it's like every eighteen years. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something that happens every year, but well, I don't think it's because they were showing the the photos of all the past May, May queens, and yeah. so I was like, all right, so it's probably every year. I um. I was trying to think if there was a more uncomfortable to watch sex scene that I've ever seen in a movie. Or, or maybe not uncomfortable, but just awkward. Yeah. So it starts off alright, and then it gets it gets really weird. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of another one. The, the, the other thing that took me out of the movie in that part was that all the women that were like there... I don't remember. I hadn't seen any of them, right. and like, because it's a small enough community that we had met most of them, and it would, like, other than the girl herself, yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Even if the woman who like comes down and like sings to her and then like touches both their heads, yeah. if that had been one of the other actresses, and my guess is it was a different casting call. Uh, they probably just they needed yeah uh, nine women to who were with, comfortable with nine other women. Yeah, and. And, and one of the things that I found refreshing, and it made more sense, is they all had, like, normal human bodies. It yeah. wasn't, they weren't all, like, supermodels, and they right. were all different ages. I mean, they went from... It, it went everywhere. Yeah. From what is supposed to be 18 years old up to probably 70. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of pubic hair in that scene, um, which makes sense, given the community that yeah. it was at. Um, you know, you gotta say that when you're making pies. Um <laughs> But uh, it was, uh, I was, I I went hiking with a friend this morning and I was talking about it and I was like, yeah, there's a, I was like, there's a couple times where people are on hallucinogens and that stuff is, I love the way that was shot. I love how they did it with, with the trees and I mean, I love when she's sitting under the tree and she looks up and it almost looks like snake skin rippling and then just the trees like pulsing. Yeah. And they and, kept doing it for a while. And her, the flowers in the her head flower was, Yeah. Almost looked like an, an iris of an eye. Yeah, it kept going. Ooh. So we just bid 325 and my Loki figure. There you go. Yeah. It's getting it. Yeah. Yeah, I just love I loved how immersive it was. It's funny because I actually saw it with more people than I expected. Yeah. And I have no clue. Like at the shocking points there's definitely like murmuring and stuff. Yeah. But, I couldn't tell if they were like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Right. Afterwards, like I was trying to, trying to gauge it a little. Sure, and I had, I couldn't figure out. Just to answer the question that uh, one of the people <laughs> listening is inevitably asking themselves, "No, Greg, you won't like this movie." No, Greg, <laughs> that was one of the first. So the way I, the way I thought of this is like to describe it to somebody is it, it's like Wicker Man meets Mandy. And then if you like the lobster, yeah. you would like this. I could see it. I was going to say, to me, it was like... But it's better than those two. Yeah, it, totally. It was like a cross between Hereditary and The Village, to me. Um, uh, but I could see The Lobster as well. But, yeah. I, I mean, I actually... I thought this was a more satisfying film than Hereditary. I love this. I liked Hereditary. I, I still, But I felt a little let down by yeah. it. Yeah. Like, this is like... Is perfect sophomore movie to me. It's sure. like it sounds shows like, growth. Yeah, it shows growth. He probably listened to like what the critics were saying, or I don't know if he listened to critics, but he figured out what didn't work with that previous one. Sure, and kind of to me seemed like it would fix anything. And at this point, <coughs> I'd be interested in anything you could see. Now. Oh, wow. <laughs> bidding war. Yeah, <laughs> but it's pretty amazing that this was 
released just a year after Hereditary. Yeah, because he filmed this from June to October of 2018. So, like, he was filming this when Hered- like he had already started this when Hereditary was released in the theaters. Yeah, that makes sense. So he's. It's pretty amazing that he was able to get funding. For yeah, that. I don't know how much this cost, but I think it was thirty million. And it, this was a twenty-four, right? Yeah, yeah, because they did the last one too. Did, didn't they do Hereditary? I think they did. I think so. Um, but a twenty-four has had some bad movies. Well, it, you know, certainly this was also a Swedish co-production, so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Oh, because they couldn't be part of like the lot. Um, I don't know if the. Swedish does part of the like their lottery money gets put back into movies just like the I think so yeah which is interesting because it wasn't actually filmed in Sweden really it was filmed in I want to say Hungary or Czechoslovakia um, I mean close enough but it was basically they had this plot of land that they were able to use so that's why they filmed it yeah one of the things that I also think is interesting because so many times when a film is like like do, has Americans with foreigners, and foreigners are depicted in what could be considered an un, you know, unappealing light. Yeah. There's a backlash from that country, and Sweden doesn't say anything about this. And I mean, I think any intelligent person can say, oh, they're not saying everyone in Sweden is like this, but I think Sweden yeah. is just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's basically set up that it's, he doesn't say cult, but it, it's basically like this small subset community that is self-sustaining yeah. that basically lives on their own land that's far out I mean it takes it, they say it takes like four hours to get there so they're definitely not part of like normal civilization right yeah yeah. and it's you know they have their own customs and beliefs which don't necessarily jive with uh, outsiders I'm, yeah I don't I don't think I would ever want to visit there no yeah. the one thought that I had was what ends up happening to all of the visitors I was like was that the ulterior motive for inviting them in the first place or I mean because it kind of seemed that way or is it um, well this is a possibility so if they fit into it or like does every does every visitor who's brought there meet this this same fate so I think so because they list the I mean I don't know we're well past spoilers on this, but there's basically nine people right. that have to be sacrificed, right. and four of them have to be foreigners. And there was only and there was four of them coming from the community, and then the May Queen chooses the ninth one between right. a foreigner and. So with that kind of math, I was trying to figure out if the May Queen is always a foreigner, yeah. or because it didn't seem like they. I mean, they could have thrown it at the right. end, but. I got the sense that they did that, like that, like that was their plan all along. As soon as someone said, "You're so beautiful to her," I was like, "She's going to be in the May Queen." Yeah, I'm, the well, also the poster shows her with the head. And granted, it's not the May Queen headdress that yeah. she's wearing in the poster, but I was like, "This is what's going to happen." Yeah, I kind of saw that coming a little bit, but just like in the, I don't, know, I don't know if it happens like that every year, but it could very well. I couldn't decide if the Oracle's look was makeup or if they found someone um, um, I, I want to say it, it's somebody they found but right, I, it, I'm with it, you I wasn't I wasn't 100% either yeah. way the, and the only time it seemed ridiculous was when they were out in the open and the Oracle was furiously drawn and with 
in a bed. Like in a bed of cotton, basically. Yeah. And it had a, I had a flash of Phantom of the Paradise at that point because it almost looked like he was like furiously writing like an organ solo yeah. behind it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I found it satisfying. I mean, I've been thinking about it for, you know, yeah, it's one of those ones a full day now. Yeah. I've stays been, with you. It does. It definitely does. See, for me, it's the best thing I've seen this year so yeah. far. Interesting. Um, I would. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Well, it's tough to say because it was excellently crafted. Yeah. I just. I, I know I didn't enjoy it, but and I didn't dislike it by any means, and it was pretty much what I expected going in. Like, because I, but I was just like Ugh, the whole time. But that's what I expected. Yeah. See, I thought it was way better. It was more after Hereditary. Yeah. I was kind of like on the fence, but this. Did you see the preview for it before? This one. I literally went in knowing that it was Ari Aster's second film, yeah, and it and it was a festival in Europe. So I went in thinking it was going to be at a music festival. Oh no, I knew I knew it wasn't that. I'm trying to think if I saw a trailer for it. I don't think I did because a couple of people have been like, "Oh yeah, the trailer for that looked amazing." I was like, "I haven't seen the trailer." Yeah, I, I when I was going to. Um, Spider-Man, some some guy next to me was, uh, he's like, hey, I'm looking for that that cult movie. I think it's like Midsummer or something. I was like, yeah, it's Midsummer, or I said Summer. Yeah, um, and I was like, you are not gonna like this thing. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I told Mary, I'm like, it's the best thing I've seen, but you should not see right. this, and you should not go see it. I've had to talk so many people out of going to see The Dead Don't Die. Really, I love that. I really, I don't love that, but right. I like it better than you and Greg did. Yeah. Well, but I love those kind of movies. Sure, and I and here's the thing: like I like, I'm I wasn't disappointed by it. Yeah, I it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. But like I said, I it was it was a Jim Jarmusch movie. Yeah, through and through, and so that's why I was trying to like like warn Greg about it beforehand I'm like I don't think you're gonna like this he's like it looks amazing and everyone's like with that cast how could it not be great I'm like easily have you <laughs> I mean we see a lot of movies but right. if you see a big cast like that that doesn't mean anything right and also like cause first of all most of those actors are in the movie for like 10 minutes if that if that yeah. I, I, I mean, mean Rosie Perez is on a TV right a literal TV I forget what scene. her character's name is but it's basic. it's a. Uh, Posey, it's it's if, like a takeoff on yeah, her name. Rosie, it's like yeah, Posey Ruiz, Posey Ortiz. Was oh, her name. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it, it, it's almost like if someone who's from you know white middle America and was, was like yeah you know that actress uh, Posey Ortiz like yeah. that's kind of what it felt like to me and like and I mean Rizzo is basically playing himself. That uh, was awesome. Though. Yeah. I mean just whoopy ass delivery. So when when I um, so when he first pulls up, I just started laughing, and, and there's a crowd, and, yeah. and people. I I saw that I saw it not twice, but I saw like the first half an hour twice, and then there was an emergency, so I had yeah. to leave. Yeah. Um, but the first time I saw it was at AMC, so there was a different crowd sure. there. So when the UPS thing, I started cracking up because it's it was funny, right? And you could tell like the people were like, "Why is he laughing?" Yeah, they're like, "Why is he laughing?" I mean, I get that a lot because I have a weird sense of humor, right? But then I saw it at Red River, and like everybody in there was laughing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's the, it's an art house theater, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was. Uh, I also had some woman in the back of me that every time so she'd be like, "Oh, that's Bill Murray." 
yeah. ooh, that's Adam Driver. Right. And I, I was like this close to being like, and so and so is going to come up in a second. There's I, there's a guy that I work with who's like even more into Star Wars than I am. He's covered in star, like all his tattoos are Star Wars tattoos, and yeah. he's basically as tattooed as I am. And so, because he's like, how was it? And I was like, honestly, you won't like it. I was like, but there's a pretty fun Star Wars thing when. Adam Driver hands uh, uh, Tilda Swinton his car keys and there's the die cast Star Destroyer and she's yeah. like oh Star Wars that's well written fiction um, I, I gotta say him pulling up in the smart car yes I was dying there's a lot of stuff I liked in it but it's 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 just it's weird how Focus Features was marketing it as like a mainstream like, it's so deadpan I think that's like that's my kind of like it, it's it's more like a British comedy right than it is an American when comedy when so many people are like oh it looks like it's just super zany I'm like it's not mm-hmm. I was like honestly the best way I can describe it to you is it's super boring I was like it's mostly people driving around in cars yeah. talking or standing around talking about what they're looking at. but I, I don't know I had a fun time with it. I loved how Adam Driver was like basically in the f- uh, fourth wall he kept breaking it right he's like it's the title song in the middle where right. he's like what? which drives me nuts that that song is not on the soundtrack it's not? nope did you download the thing I sent you? no only oh. because uh, I don't have internet on, oh, my, okay. on my computer at home like I, I will eventually but um, I did buy the Dead Don't Die the, the Sturgill Simpson song on Amazon because it's funny because they released it separately as a single so he's who is he in the movie? He's just one of he's the guitar zombie. Uh, he's the guy who's walking, dragging a guitar. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like basically just a walk by. I mean, that's the thing that drove me nuts is like, they're like, oh, it's awesome. Iggy pops in. It was like, all he does is say coffee. Like, yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Um, Carol Kane's funny too, but all she says is Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Well, it was funny. I, um, so I literally saw it right before I had to work. Yeah. And I saw it at the theater right behind where I work. Yeah. And I was looking at the clock. Like, I had my watch on, and it was, like, five minutes before I had to be at work, so I, I actually left before the movie ended, but it was, like, I could tell by the running time and whatnot, I was, like, I'm literally leaving in the last two minutes, but I need to give myself enough time to walk yeah. over. So I was, like, here's how I think it's going to end, and I'm going to look it up later and, and read the plot, and there's, like, a little bit of a twist in it, which I totally saw coming a mile away, and I was just like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I mean, it completely makes sense. It made sense, but I yeah. was just like, yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure that little twist is true for her in real life. So. Yeah, it, it definitely is. When I saw it, I was like, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. But I really, I really think, like, Jim Jarmus, like... There's some connection between him and Romero somewhere. I, I think I haven't read it. He's about he's him. a big he's a big Romero fan. Yeah, and he was just like, he's like, well, with him dying, I felt like I should do a little homage. Exactly. But that my I think my issue with it is, I don't think he has reverence for the genre per se. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's his take on it. It's, it's basically like if Ed Wood did it. Yeah, which is, I <laughs> it's mean... It's the modern-day Plan 9. And the way I describe Jarmusch's films is a lot like Coen Brothers. I was like, he'll do a super serious one, and then he does a kind of a zany one. Off the wall. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, so um, Only Lovers Left Alive was a pretty straightforward yeah. one. And I loved his take on the whole vampire mythology. Yeah. So when this came out, someone was like, oh, maybe he'll do that. I was like, he won't. It's going to be a weird, <laughs> stupid thing. Um, yeah, you can tell from the trailer. I mean, but I also... I. I have not seen an interesting thing done with the zombie genre 
honestly, since the Dawn of the Dead remake. Shaun of the Dead? I like Shaun of the Dead, but I look at that more as, like, a parody than anything else. I mean, and I know it's that's not quite what it is. Yeah, it's its own thing. It's its own yeah. thing as far as, like... I mean, cause, what about Twenty Eight Days? But that came that came out before uh, Dawn of the Dead. Okay, Dawn of the Dead got greenlit because of Twenty Eight Days Later. Okay. I mean, I I think I mean I still put Twenty Eight Days Later up there as like one of the three best zombie films of all time. Even though they'll say it's not a zombie movie. Yeah, it's a, it it's a rage movie, but it depends on who you talk to. But it totally changed, like the because zomb- well, zombies are all fast now, where yeah. they weren't up to that point. So. Um, World War Z is the only other one that I can think of, and then there's Warm Bodies, which has an interesting take. Yeah, but then outside of that, and if anyone's saying, "What about The Walking Dead?" Nothing about The Walking Dead. That's what about because, I mean, that's not. Yeah, I mean, the comic is one thing, but the, the, comic, sh- the show yeah. is another thing. Especially where like the whole thing about keeping it going in perpetuity is to keep making money for it. So like, the, it, like. Commerce is the enemy of storytelling, uh, yeah. which is why I'm like a little upset that the Dark Crystal they've now said, "Oh, season one." I'm like, "Don't do that!" Like, if you've got a story to tell, tell it. Yeah. And then if like it's a whole universe, so you can tell other stories, but don't 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 one. don't drag it out. Um, I mean, it could be like they really like what they're doing and they're just gonna it's gonna be its own thing and then season two is still like it's like Stranger Things it's like one season is is a contained story yeah it's almost like seasons in in, on the BBC yeah it's like it's own separate thing yeah so it's a contained story within that season but then it's still the same show the next season so it'd be season I forgot season three of Stranger Things just went have you started it yet no I have to watch Chernobyl first I um I'll start it. It's one of those things. It's funny because when the Dark Crystal thing came out, I had a friend who was like, "Is it out? No, it's not okay. out till the fall." But they're like, "Hey, this is the date it launches. Do you want to come over and watch all eight hours at a time?" I was like, "No, no, I don't." Yeah, I was like, "I've been waiting for this for like almost forty years. Why would I want?" To? It's like if you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna make you eight meals of your favorite food of all time. Do you want to eat them all you at the same time?" Yeah, no. And the thing with binging that I find is you. It basically turns it into one big movie, right. and there's no way you're going to remember the small things. Right. So with Stranger Things, I, I will binge, but it's usually, I don't have enough time to binge the whole thing at once, so yeah. pro- it's usually like two episodes, then maybe three, then maybe two more. Right. Like, I can't physically put that much time into it. Sure. I mean, I can sit through a three-hour movie, no problem, but eight hours yeah. in one stretch... Not saying I haven't done it before. But right. Yeah. It's always funny to me when people are like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. I'm like, I don't have the time. They're like, how do you not have the time? I was like, do you not see all the stuff that I do? I'm like, I probably spend three to four hours a week max in front of a screen at home yeah. watching something. And that's, I was just like, yeah, there's so many shows that I got to catch up on. But I just do a million other things yeah somebody asked me uh, and I'm like I really don't watch that much TV right and they're like but you watch movies and it's like yeah I watch I watch movies yeah it's like two hours that I don't have to watch something else right yeah. um, so what would you give midsummer it's a nine for me. a nine yeah I'd give it a I'd give it a I'd give it a seven but you like it better than hereditary oh for sure I like I'm almost 
Because I'm pretty sure I gave Hereditary a six. I thought it was high. You liked Hereditary more than I did. I, I, did, I did like Hereditary. Yeah. I think this is a better film than Hereditary. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost tempted. Ah, you know what? I'm, I'll say I'll, I'll give Midsummer an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's... So I'm not saying like it's like Lobster. I'm saying if your sensibility liked... You're like, oh, this is a great film. Then yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really tough to recommend to people. And it's like, it's hard for me to explain, especially to people who don't understand my film sensibility. And they're like, yeah. you go see a lot of movies. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you like this movie? Like certain movies, I'm like, no. They're like, so it's not good? I was like, I didn't say that. You yeah. asked if I liked it. And I was yeah. like... To me, it's this, this, and this, which, and they're like, oh, I love that movie. So I'm like, you would probably like this movie. And I was like, I'm not being condescending. Yep. I was like, it's just, I'm not, I'm not looking for that, or I know I'm not the target demographic right. for that. Um, I am the target demographic <laughs> for that. Like, me and you and Todd Hunter are the target. Yeah, that's probably about it. There's very yeah. few other people. At least on I the seacoast. For sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah. Well, how about the how about the the burger here at Roundabout? I think so. I wasn't. I think this is the first time this year that we've actually done this. This is I, the last one was Creed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This and, is one of the better burgers we've had. I'd say it's like an eight almost. I'd give it a seven, but yeah. but I I will say that I'm sort of opposite bias because I didn't have a bun, so yeah. I don't know if it would be high. like it was good. I really liked yeah. it, but I couldn't pick it up and savor it. I just had I you know I had to cut with a knife. Um, that was your own choice. That's my own choice. It's not. It's no fault of the roundabouts. Yeah. Like uh, the presentation was great. Yeah. Um, I gotta say it. it when it came out, it looked like it was going to be horrible. Right. But I was pleasantly surprised. surprised with how good it is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to say this, too. I don't consider this place a diner. Right. And I told you this earlier. They have turkey meatloaf. If you don't have regular meatloaf on your menu, mm-hmm. I'm not going to consider you a diner. That's I, fair. I don't care who you are. Also, this is attached to a hotel. Yeah. Technically, a diner is a standalone thing. Even, like, even a truck stop, like gas station is not a diner. A yeah, diner is a standalone yeah. eat, by the road eatery. Yep. So, um, yeah. I do enjoy the roundabout diner that's not a diner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon.